You're listening to episode 98 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, so excited to have you back on the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here, and today, special regular guest, uh, one of my best friends, Christina Montalvo from the Confidence Project podcast, is back on today, and we're having a conversation about weddings and bridal showers and marriage and all of the things that are usually associated with your stereotypical wedding these days. Uh, She and I have some likely unpopular opinions. Uh, We are prepared for some heat on this episode and we felt that it needed to be shared anyway because I think that we have some things to say that a lot of people are thinking and are too afraid to talk about for basically fear of rocking the boat and upsetting people. And Christina and I are not usually ones to shy away from uh, difficult conversations, as anyone who has listened to this podcast is aware. So we're talking about it. And we are also sharing some of the things that we would like to see in our own lives for our own, you know, future uh, weddings and marriages and all of that type of stuff as well. And I think that you're going to find this episode really interesting. We also talk about some of the things associated with, you know, like when people, uh, when, when women especially post that they're getting married, how much more attention that gets than other major life events, like in Christina's case, getting her MBA. And we, I, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this one. So please DM us about this. I'm over at Emily Goff Coach on Instagram. Christina, all of her information is listed in the show notes, or you can jump over to the confidence project to check her out as well, which I highly recommend. And everything is available for you over at room to grow Um, I'm not going to hold this up any longer because we're just going to dive right into the episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome back to another joint episode with Christina and Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi, Christina. <laughs> We still got to figure out that special name for our episodes. (laughs) I know. I like the idea, the fact that I'm four foot nine and you're six feet tall. Yes, I do too. See, for anyone listening, we're batch recording these. So this is why we haven't spent a full entire month not thinking of names. It's literally been five minutes since we recorded the last episode. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. People will be like, what the hell? They've had a month to think about this. (laughs) So we're still looking for names, uh, even though it's been a month, uh, hopefully by now, by the time this airs, we have come up with the name, um, and I'm pretty excited about it. So on your next recording, there will be a proper name. <laughs> hopefully, maybe. I don't know. I don't, that's a lot of pressure. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's all right. I, I'm, I'm cool with just calling you like four niner and me six footer or something. <laughs> oh my God, I can't. Okay. So anyway. Oh. If you're listening to this on Emily's podcast, my name is Christina Montalvo of the Confidence Project podcast and Emily. I am Emily Goff of the Room to Grow podcast. All right. So today's episode is going to get us into a lot of trouble. Oh yeah. Yeah. We are fully prepared for all of the hot water because 
we are not going to be popular for this episode, but it's interesting because you and I realized that we had basically identical opinions and perspectives on this. I have felt this way since I was like a teenager. This yeah. isn't, this isn't like a recent development. This is, I have always felt this way. <laughs> yeah, so, me too. Yeah. We, we are going to be talking about uh, some of the hullabaloo, shall we say, around bridal showers and weddings in general. And baby showers. Can and baby showers. That? Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. This is going to get us into a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm Emily and I hate mail on this one. <laughs> yes. Emily and I discussed at length prior to recording this episode that potentially it might be liberating in case you're like of the minority of the women listening who agree with us. So I'm not, I'm not judging how you choose to spend your time or your money. I just, and neither is Emily. I, we're just sharing our, our opinions. So before you send the, send us the hate mail, which will probably happen anyways. And I get a, t- I get, I get a hate mail no matter what I do. <laughs> so I'm ready for it. Just know that you're entitled to, to your opinion and, and Emily and I are entitled to ours. And we, we already know that this is going to ruffle some feathers. Yes. And you are also, you know, you're absolutely entitled to spend your money however you want to spend it. Um, but Christina and I have also talked about things like money mindset and stuff before. And we just have a little bit of a different perspective as to how we prefer to spend our time and our money. So yes. Where, where would you like to start on this one? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I guess I'll just tell you exactly kind of, kind of what spurred this up. Um, and she might be listening to this podcast. So hi and sorry in advance. Um, <laughs> whatever. I was just frustrated that I've received, and it's, it's actually multiple women at this point have invited me to their wedding when I haven't seen or spoken to them since before 2012, like zero communication, nothing at all. And I know that the perspective could be, and I'm trying really hard to see it from this way of like, oh, that's so nice. Like you want me to come to your wedding. So maybe you like super love me and super miss me. But like, we haven't even wished each other a happy birthday. Like not even a Merry Christmas. I, I don't even know the name. I wouldn't be able to even pick your fiance out of a lineup. Like, <laughs> why am I, why am I being invited? I was just, I'm frustrated by that. Um, but I'm also of the perspective of like, I want to, if I ever get married, which I'm also not super, I, God damn it. I'm just going to get in so much trouble. Being married is the <laughs> least important thing that I could ever accomplish with my life. Like, it's just not important to me. So if I ever do decide to get married, which like, again, super not important to me. Um, I want my wedding to be really small and intimate. And if I haven't spoken to you at all in seven, eight years, you're sure as shit not getting invited to my wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mince words or anything. (laughs) So, Oh, that's how this whole thing started. So I don't know. Take it away, Emily. <laughs> well, I, I have a couple things to say here. So number one, I, I would actually like to get married and I don't view it as, as an accomplishment or anything like that. It's not, it's not like a box to check for me. I just, and there's, there's zero religious reasons for me whatsoever. It, and if you do it for religious reasons, good for you. That is not why I want to. I just, I feel like there is some I don't know. There's some, there's some, this, this could be an entire podcast episode in and of itself. But to me, it's like a really beautiful commitment to your partner. And 
you know, getting, I do kind of like the idea as well of, of saying it in front of, uh, saying your vows and stuff in front of a really small intimate group of people, but that's all I've ever wanted. And also for the record, I was never the girl who like dreamed about her wedding. I have no secret Pinterest boards. No. I have like none of the things and I never have. <laughs> so if, you know, when, when I eventually get married, it is going to be like a very small, intimate, likely, you know, backyard or on the beach or something like very nondescript over the top wedding. Like, I think my goal would be like five grand and under tops. (laughs) Wait, so my budget, can I just tell you, I've actually already looked at this. Okay. So we just need, we just need to talk about this. (laughs) I am so, and I understand again, like the historical purposes of getting married. I understand the religious things and the religious traditions of getting married. I am horrified at the thought of like going to my parents, like, okay, well I'm getting married now. So you have to pay for it. Like getting married is an adult decision. And so if I feel adult enough to make a decision to get married, that is, I feel my financial responsibility. I would be horrified if my parents felt obligated to pay for my wedding. And so kind of in an attempt to make sure that not a lot of people can come to my wedding. This is so bad. I want a destination wedding so that nobody can come. And by nobody, I mean like just if you want to be there, you super have to be there. But I actually want to pay for my parents to come to my wedding. So let's just say I get married in Hawaii. Let's just say I'm going to be like, oh, you're my parents, duh, you're coming to my wedding and don't worry about a damn thing. I don't want you to pay for your room. Um, I don't want you to pay for your flights. I don't want you to pay for anything. If I'm going to take this huge adult step, I'm going to take 100% of the responsibility. And my parents are the, the most important people in my life. And so I would be honored to, to do that for them as a part of my wedding day. No, I feel, I feel exactly the same way. I, 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 can't, I can't wrap my head around expecting my, my parent or parents to pay for my wedding. Because I, I also agree that it is a very adult decision. And that if you are choosing to have a wedding that you can't afford, then perhaps you should consider a different type of wedding. Like I would even yeah. like happily get married at a city hall. I would be mm-hmm. totally, totally fine with that. A hundred percent down with that. I'd be completely cool with it. And, and I know that that is not for everyone and I am not bashing anyone for wanting to have the big over the top wedding. That is amazing. If it brings you joy, I'm so happy for you. I think that that's awesome. I just think that this opens a bigger conversation about, about a lot of things, but you know, kind of like financial responsibility too. Like the, the fact that, that the average amount spent on weddings is $30,000 is mind boggling to me. Like that's like low end too. Yes. Outside the city of like within the city of Chicago and even like in within the suburbs of Chicago, a $30,000 wedding. I think a lot of women that I know would think that as a steal. Yes, exactly. And it it just, it throws me because I'm like, do you know what you could do with $30,000? Like you could put a down payment on a house. You yes. Put it into a retirement account and have tens of thousands more dollars growing on it in interest. You could go for like the most redonkulous vacation ever. 
Um, not that I would recommend dropping 30K on one vacation. If we were talking like long-term, like then yes. But <laughs> um, it, there are just so many incredible things that you can do. It, even, even like, like the, the, the jewelry and, and all, of the, all of the extra stuff that goes into it. You know, if we're talking about like the actual engagement ring itself, that's its own episode as well. Like the whole engagement ring thing well, is, is like its own you, rabbit hole. Wait, hold on. Cause you and I have very different perspectives on engagement rings. Do we? Why? What's your perspective? I, this makes me the most vain person ever. And it, <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> I, if you're going to propose to me, like if I have my engagement ring on and I fall off of a boat, that ring better drag me to the bottom of the fucking ocean. No way. I did not yeah. know that about you. Whereas yes. I have always been very strict that I'm like, if you spend more than $500 on an engagement ring on me, I'm going to be pissed and say no. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and I have actually said that exact phrase before. I, so I don't know where this comes from. And I don't understand like the dichotomy that I'm in of like, I want a huge engagement ring, but I really don't care about the wedding. And like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because the ring is forever. I don't, I don't know why. And I, I don't even wear jewelry. So like, I very well could end up with a huge rock and then just never wear it. I, I don't know, Emily. I don't know. I can't explain it. This I feel so very, amazing. how did I, I know? know no, I feel very strongly about my engagement ring. And, and I feel so strongly the opposite. I, I have legit said, like, I will be pissed and say no. If, if you propose to me with a ring that is like more than 500 bucks, because I don't, but I also don't want, I, I've never wanted anything that's like typical like your typical ring. I want it to like not even look like an engagement ring because I want it to be like so unique and like just very suited to me and, and not just your average. I know nothing about jewelry. So I don't know. Like I think princess cut is the only term I even know. I don't even know what a carrot means. Like I have no idea. <laughs> so I have, I have no diamond. About jewelry. <laughs> you could get me a cubic zirconia and tell me that it was a diamond. I'd be like, okay. Like I couldn't care less. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know. And the weird part is, is that my dad proposed to my mom with a $200 chintzy engagement ring. And my parents are so cute that they're, they're like, well, Christina, why are you like this? Like, how did you end up like this? My dad's like, when it's the right guy, you'll take a piece of tin foil. And my mom's like, I was just thrilled that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with me. I'm like, that you better be able to see my ring from the Hubble telescope. I mean, I just, I don't know why I like this, but I feel very strongly against entering a, a forever partnership with debt though. So like, I guess that goes to show how like selfish I can be where I'm like, well, you're buying the engagement ring. So it's not my problem, but I'm not going to spend $30,000 on my wedding day. Well, it's, and it's, it's interesting too. Oh God, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. There, <laughs> we need, we can't have this conversation without talking about stag and does. I don't know what that is. Oh, is that a Canadian thing? What did you just door. say? What, stag and did, what is that? You don't know. Is this, is this a Canadian? I did not I think this would be really stupid. Thing. I don't okay. know. Is this? Do you ever, do you guys ever have like parties? So the couple throws like this huge party 
pre-wedding where there's a bunch of like drinking games and stuff and there's everyone basically gets drunk and like but you pay there's you have to buy tickets and stuff to this event and it helps raise money oh for the couple. we don't have those no are you serious, I am serious. no way <laughs> i am shocked wait we have bridal showers Oh yeah, we have bridal showers too. Man, I never thought of Canadians as like money grabbers. Maybe we are. That's so okay, interesting. So tell us more. Okay. All right. So here in Canada, they're called stag and does. And basically the the couple puts on this this huge event. They typically have their <laughs> bridal party help them. And they they'll like rent a hall. They get all kinds of prizes for people to to um, auction off and stuff so that they're making money from the prizes as well. Um, there's all kinds of like drinking games set up. There's a bar, you have to buy tickets for all your drinks, all of these things. And couples can make thousands of dollars, oh like thousands of dollars. But they also usually have to input quite a bit of money too. So they sure. usually have to input like a few thousand, especially on the alcohol and stuff. But then they typically, if it's, if it's a well-run stag and dough, they make back thousands. Like I, I know a couple who've made like almost 20 grand profit. What? Like it's, it's crazy. That, that is, that is wait, a little bit wait. unusually high. Hold on. Hold on. So hold on. <laughs> hold on. I can't, I can't. Okay. So people who are attending the wedding have to potentially go to a, a bachelorette party, which don't get me started, then go to a bridal shower and then go to a stag and doe and then go to a wedding all for the same couple. Yes. Oh, just kill me now. So I have always found, and one of one of my girlfriends is listening to this, and I have to say, she just threw a stag and doe, and it was the only stag and doe I have ever enjoyed. It was a great time, but I think it's also because I knew just about everybody there, and I was also bartending. I came out of bartending retirement to bartend for it, and I had a fucking blast. It was oh, so much fun. So that was a great, great time. And unfortunately, I'm actually missing their wedding because I'm going to be traveling, and I am legit going to be like devastated like I'm it, it is I and I've told her this I'm like your wedding is like the only wedding that I have ever felt this strongly about that I am like so broken up that I won't be there I'm I'm so sad so that is very unusual and I love her and her fiance two pieces so that is a totally different situation but that is very unusual for me to say like very unusual because stag and does alone not only do I find them to be kind of a money grab sometimes, yeah. but they also, they just feel tacky to me. And maybe mm -hmm. it's because I don't really drink. That could be it. Cause most people who go to stag and doe is like, you're going to drink. And yeah. I just, I have no interest in that. So that could be part of it. And maybe that's just me, but it just feels like a lot, like overall, it just feels like a lot of, of expectation placed on other people. But at the same time, so many people do it that then it's almost just expected that you'll reciprocate. Like if anyone deviates from that, from that plan, like the, the stag and doe, not everyone has a stag and doe, but a lot of couples do. So stag and doe, you know, the shower, the, the bachelor slash bachelorette party and the wedding. If anyone deviates from that, it's just like a, oh, that's weird. But there's, <sighs> I don't know. It, it's very strange to me, like how these traditions have come about, some of them. I think you hit the nail on the head though. I think women feel pressured to have these big weddings and these bachelorette parties and these bridal showers, because if you don't, then something must be wrong with you. And I'm sure if anyone's listening there that disagree with you or I, or both of us are like, Oh my God, like Christina's just in like this weird broken girl. And 
I'm sure people could also argue like, well, you're not engaged, so you don't get it yet. I, I will publicly announce a change of heart if that happens, but I don't see it happening. And I actually carry a lot of, um, like, (laughs) I guess, I don't want to say resentment, but kind of like, okay. And here's a little bit of a background. So bridal shower, typically, I guess, in traditional couples, you don't, you have lived at home with your parents up until the time that you're going to get married and you haven't moved in with your fiance yet, I guess. I know that times are changing. So the, the bridal shower is to like shower the bride with all these like gifts and gadgets and stuff that you'll need to start your adult life together. I'm thinking I have every kitchen gadget that you could ever want. And I bought them all my damn self. So no, I don't need a blender. I don't need a coffee maker. Like I bought my house when I was 22. I don't need a bridal shower. Like Oh, it just, it drives me crazy. And then the other thing that I'm resentful about, this pisses me off. We, we treat weddings as it's, as if it's the most important thing that a woman could ever accomplish. And I, I strong, I strongly, strongly feel that being a bride is not an accomplishment. No, I, I agree. It's not an accomplishment. And on top of that, I feel like I see a lot of couples who, who not only spend so much money, but so much time and energy leading up to and going into the wedding that then afterwards they're practically depressed, mm-hmm. like legit depressed. Totally. And I don't blame them because it, it has, it has built things up to such, to such an extent that then the marriage feels like a letdown mm-hmm. as opposed to the wedding. So what would you rather have the marriage or the wedding? Because I'd rather oh. have the marriage. I would rather have the marriage. Emily, I don't have, we have, that is so insightful. Like, would you rather have the wedding or the marriage? And I have felt so strongly about that. I don't even know where this came from. Like, I, I really don't even know where this came from in me, but I have felt so strongly about this since I was like a kid that I'm like, what would you rather have the wedding or the marriage? Because I've never dreamed about having like the big crazy wedding. I Mm. just want the marriage. I want the strong healthy, happy, committed marriage. And I do not want, I, you know, like, like the wedding is, is fine, but I, I don't, I don't want the, all the bullshit that goes with the weddings sometimes. And on top of that, to your point about some women feeling a little bit differently about it, I think I know multiple women who are like borderline demanding of all of these things all, all of the things that go with, the, you know, like the big wedding, the shower, all, all of these things, because they feel like it's their right because they've gone to so many others. You know that mm. saying, like always a bridesmaid, never a bride or something. Yeah. I feel like that's been so embedded in some women, especially if they have a lot of girlfriends where they've been, I know, I know women who've been bridesmaids like eight, nine times. Emily, like, I was, I was in, I think I went to, in one wedding season, I went to 13 weddings oh and my I stood up in five and I, this sounds horrible, but I wanted to be like, you are not the only person that ever got married. I understand yes. that this is your first, your first wedding, but please, you're not the first bride to ever exist. I need you to take a breath. Well, and, and I, I have friends, luckily I've, I've never, I think the most I've, I think I've tapped out at like three weddings in one season, which was, which is God good. bless like, you. Yeah. Cause I, I can't imagine 13, much less standing up in five. Oh my God. But, and I was just an attendee at, at three. Uh, I wasn't like in the bridal party even. So, but I, I know multiple people 
who will have to design their lives around how many weddings are in that year. Like I've had multiple people have to say to me like, no, I can't go out tonight because I have something like, you know, six, seven, eight weddings to attend this year. Some of them are destination weddings. Um, you know, they've got all the extra stuff to go with them, the bachelor, the bachelor parties, all of these things. And they're like, I legit can't afford to like go out for dinner. And I'm like, okay, that's a problem, but that's also your choice. Like you were choosing to, to, to be in all those weddings or to have all the extended costs to some degree as well. Like it is, it is a little bit of a two way street, but there's a lot of etiquette involved and that's where things get sticky. Totally etiquette. And I, I can see as being the one being asked to stand up in a wedding, it is really, really hard to say no, because again, these brides think that they are the only bride to have ever existed and they're expecting a lot of their attendees. They are, but then there's also the other side of it too, is that they'd also likely genuinely want these people, you know, they're the most important people in their lives to stand up with them, of course, as well. And I absolutely understand that. Like it can just be unfortunate if there's, you know, a fairly tight circle of friends where everyone gets married the same year. (laughs) And then it's like, oh shit, what the hell do we do now? (laughs) Well, I actually had to not stand up in a wedding because the bridesmaid's dress that I was being asked to wear was $600. Oh my goodness. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. And it was horrible because I went to all these wedding meetings, like meetings about the wedding. And you know, you're asked to stand up, you say yes. And then you get to the bridal shop store and the the bride is insistent upon this dress by this designer and this color. And it was $600. I'm like, I'm, I am not spending $600 on a dress that I'm going to wear once. And it's fugly by the way. So no, (laughs) all those, all, all, can we all just agree? Anyone who's even listening to this episode, I think that we can all agree no matter what side of this you stand on that it's bullshit. When we say that the bridesmaids dresses, Oh, you can wear them again. No (laughs) one ever wears them again. (laughs) So can we please just all agree? Never. (laughs) And like, I just think too, again, going back to like, kind of, and I get it. Like it's, it's an exciting day. It's, you know, you hope that it's your only wedding day. You know, all this stuff goes into it. There's a lot of expectations to live up to. There might even be, um, like matriarchal pressures coming from both sides. So like your mother, your grandma, um, potentially even your mother-in-law, your grandmother-in-law have all, you know, I think the bride likely endures a lot of stress outside stress, right? Like do this and don't forget to do that. And don't forget to invite your like third cousin that you've never seen before. And like, there's a lot of stress of all that stuff. Um, but they forget that there's like, again, the, the attendees are under a lot of pressure. Um, the, the bachelorette party, like that ends up being expensive for the people. And again, if you're going to several bachelorette parties, several bridal showers and several weddings, which at least in the States, you're expected to give a gift. You're looking at hundreds, if not thousands of dollars spent on different weddings over the summer. And sometimes I think these brides forget that like, oh, I may not be the only wedding that this person's going to. Like something that drives me bonkers is when like the, the bachelorette party is like out of state. I'm like, but I have three more bachelorette parties that I have to go to this summer. And you want me to fly to Florida? and I and we're not even that close. Like, no, I'm not flying to Florida for your bachelorette party. And that seems to be becoming an increasingly common thing that people are like going to Vegas or going, 
like it's in Mexico, go, you know, wherever, like, expensive destinations just for the bachelor bachelorette party. That's not even the honeymoon. Like you haven't even gotten to, to booking, you know, your, your post wedding travels, assuming that you're going on them. And the, there's a couple things that I want to touch on here. I do know brides who are very money conscious about trying to, trying to make sure that costs are limited for their bridal party. So I do know brides who, who, who make a really big effort that wherever they can, they try to either like help out with some of the costs or they will uh, try and choose dresses or, or suits, you know, depending on which side of the bridal party you're on, um, that are a little bit more budget conscious, like things like that. So I do know brides like that. But the other thing is too, is that when we're talking about who's paying for all of this, the other thing that I want people to remember is that as soon as you allow say your parents, for example, to have a say to your point, Christina, talking about like the other people that can get involved and, and create a lot of pressure, you're opening that door. Mm-hmm. So when they pay, they get a say. Yeah. And that's always been my thing as well is that I'm like, no, if I pay, my opinion is the only one that counts <laughs> and I get yeah. to make my own rules and I don't have to cave to the, the often, I would imagine immense pressure of okay, well, I'm paying for this wedding. So here's a list of 50 people that I want to make sure are attending. And that might not be what you want to happen. So that's sort of, to me, it's like one more step towards why not just make it a little bit more affordable and then you get to make your own rules as opposed to feeling all the pressure and feeling like you need to cave to everyone else's rules. Yeah. Something else that I want to say kind of a little bit off topic. And again, I have a lot of resentment and I know that. Um, I don't, I don't identify as being like a traditional quote unquote woman, right? And in fact, I have a lot of um, traditional people in my life who like ask me if I'm broken and ask me if I'm okay. And they, they remind me about how old I am. And like my uterus is essentially just going to shrivel up and go away. And like, oh why aren't I, why aren't I getting married? And you know, I've even had the, I've even had like men in my extended family, like um, I can see why nobody wants to marry you. And as if like, I have no say in, in my, my future, but something that just grinds my gears is, and I get it right. Like it's expected. It's expected of women to get engaged and be married. And, you know, especially by a certain age, I feel, um, you know, someone will post their engagement ring or their engagement announcement on Facebook and it gets 800 likes. Meanwhile, I post that I got my MBA and it was like, 30 people. I'm like, really? But if I get married, everyone and their mother is going to like this post, but nobody cared that I got my MBA. Like it just makes me so upset. And and I think that's pretty accurate. I think that most, again, I think that that's a point that most people here can agree that if you post something on social media and it's something about getting engaged or getting married or something like that, that that will typically draw 10 times the attention as something else significant. Let's say like launching your podcast. That's a big oh, damn deal, right? Yep. Or like launching a business or something yep. like that. You, uh, you probably will get, you know, more likes than your average post, I'm sure, hopefully, uh, especially if you have, you know, lots of supportive people behind you, but it's not going to draw the same attention that it will if you are getting engaged or you're getting married. A thousand percent. And that really, really makes me, it makes me upset. Like really, I, I just feel like I've, I've worked so hard to accomplish all the things that I wanted to accomplish. And I, I certainly don't do anything for accolades, not at all. Um, in fact, I keep a lot of my successes to myself. I certainly don't go to 
Instagram or Facebook to boast about some of these accomplishments, but they do come up in conversation and I'm going to bring them up here. Um, and this is just the laundry list of things that I'm very proud of that like, again, most people in my life and whether that's my actual personal life, um, or my, you know, the Facebook people or whatever, bought a house at 22, completed my master's degree, started a business, expanded that business, started an online business and launched a podcast. And that still will never receive as much accolades, attention, or congratulations as being engaged or getting married. Much less other people spending thousands of dollars on you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no one sent me money when I got my MBA. Like no one even cared. I mean, why didn't somebody buy a dress for you getting your MBA? (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I guess I, I guess really it's not so much that I'm anti-wedding as I'm like, I wish more people would celebrate women in other ways for accomplishments that require work and grit and talent and tenacity. Um, and certainly if I were to ever get married, that's never going to take away from those attributes that I have that I am very, very proud of. Um, it's not going to ever take away from that, but I wish that we could clap for women so tirelessly for other accomplishments that they are, are accomplishing in their life. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too. I also, to your point, I am definitely not anti wedding, but the part that I like about the wedding is when people say their vows and you know, like when there's like that really emotional element and like, I love love. I'm not hating on love here at all. I love love and seeing love in action like that is really incredibly beautiful. It's so moving. I, I, I truly enjoy that part. It's, the tens of thousands of dollars of hullabaloo that comes afterwards. I feel like I keep saying that. Really? Yeah, you have said it a few times today. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I feel like my word of the day. I've <laughs> never heard you say hullabaloo. Where is this coming from? But it's, it's like the tens of thousands of dollars of other stuff that comes afterwards that I get irritated by. And don't get me wrong. You know, I, I, as long as the food is good, I'm probably going to be pretty happy. Like, that's fine. I just, I think that there is so many other factors that go into it, especially when you've already asked a huge amount of potentially your, your guests leading up to this in all kinds of other ways. Or if it, especially, especially like women that I, I know, you know, on a more, on a more personal level enough that they'll tell me things like they're going into debt for the wedding. Mm. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, but, but why? Like you could be spending this money on paying down, you know, debt that you already have or putting it towards that house that you so desperately want to have instead. I think a lot of times I have seen this a lot as well. And, and certainly not in all cases, I'm not, I'm not painting a broad brush here, but a lot of times I think that there are couples who will do whatever they can to put on a giant wedding, even if it means going into debt in the hopes that they make enough money off the wedding gifts that then that will pay for a down payment on the house. Oh, a thousand percent. And oftentimes that happens. Yeah. But I'm like, but if you just save the money, you wouldn't have to be expecting, you know, like anxiously counting every, every penny from your wedding gifts to see if you hit that amount, you could have just bought the house anyway. Well, and you want to know why I can do that math equation? Because I got my MBA. So (laughs) return on investment people. Okay. But like, I think that's why I, it's leaves such a bad taste in my mouth when I get invited to these weddings to, again, like, I'm not even going to call them my friends. They did not, again, like, 
didn't wish me a happy birthday. They're, they never congratulated me on anything that I've done. I have no idea. Like I, we just haven't spoken. And I'm like, are you inviting me? Because I I'm part of your, your, your house down payment or your honeymoon contribution. Like, and I know that's a horrible, horrible perspective, but I'm other than that, I'm like, we don't even talk anymore. Like, and it's not that there's any bad blood whatsoever. There wasn't a falling out, but I'm like, we have no friendship whatsoever. And for me, I don't really want to be a part of a wedding where I'm like, Oh, haven't, haven't seen you in, in almost 10 years. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just not that kind of, I'm not that kind of person. I have a very small group of people who I love and support radically and really kind of outside of that. Like I love everybody, like everybody's cool and it's all love and light and fine, but I'm not really a fan of those like superficial friendships. And Emily, I know that you know that about me. I just, for me, like you're either in or you're out. That's how I feel. And I'm very much the same way. I think that that's why you and I get along so well is because I'm not, I'm not into the, the superficial stuff. And, and years ago I used to be, because I used to put greater value on quantity over quality Mm. to some degree. Like, but I think that that also just kind of I think that to some degree that comes with age, like that you start to figure out about yourself if you'd rather have a lot of friends or, you know, a smaller group of friends that is a much more like intimate group. And I am very much so like, I would rather have a really tight knit group of people who know me really, really well than to have, you know, I don't know, 50 different options for who to call up on a Friday night. Like that's just not my jam. I'm I'm not, I'm not into that. Totally. I need to, I need to, um, vindicate myself a little bit with this engagement ring thing. I just have to say this really quick. I, I want to be clear that I will never, and again, someone please call me out if this ever ends up not being the case. I will never do a photo shoot with me and my ring. In fact, there is a girl on Instagram. Emily, I can't. It's so frustrating. I almost posted an Instagram story mocking her. She was always very normal until she became engaged. And now every day in her Instagram stories, she just, she just like so dramatically speaks only with her left hand. And like, now we see that she's holding a coffee cup in her left hand. You can see her ring and she's combing her hair and you can see her ring. And she may be right, right (laughs) right-handed. She's totally right-handed. I'm like, I've never seen your left hand this much and it's every single day. And so, and that's, we can almost save that topic for a different day. I, I get it. You're excited to be engaged, but like, Oh, I don't know. I'm such an ass. I get it. But I, I won't, you'll never catch me like posting a picture of my ring on social media if I ever get married. Well, if it's a ring that big, I think I actually want to see it on social media. (laughs) (laughs) But I just like, that's not why I'm even doing it. It's not even again, like the engagement, the, the wedding, the honeymoon, the baby shower. I mean, don't even get, we didn't even talk about baby showers. So we can totally save that for a different thing. None of that for me is is social media based, but I think we're stuck in this like, look at me, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram kind of world. Um, and it works, right? Like people are engaging with that stuff. Um, and trying to, trying to outdo each other. And like the wedding industry is like a billions of dollars industry. Totally. A billions of dollars industry. Like there's a reason for that. And we keep feeding the beast and we're all going into debt over it. Either, either as the couple who is paying for it, either as the couple's parents who are paying for it, or as the people who have to attend multiple weddings and all associated activities in a single year and paying for it. 
it's like we're all going into debt for this when isn't it just supposed to be about the marriage? Like that's yeah, what I always bring it back to. Yeah. I'm like, it's supposed to be about the marriage. When you put this much emphasis on the wedding, you you lose sight of the important parts. And I don't necessarily I'm not saying that there is like a causal, like a like a correlation here as tightly as as it might sound like I'm describing, but I don't think that it's necessarily a total coincidence. Obviously, there's all kinds of other socioeconomic and demographic factors here, but I don't think that it is quite as much of a coincidence as we maybe would like to think that the divorce rate has gone up at the same time that prices of weddings have skyrocketed. Oh, I a thousand percent agree with you. And that is, that is by far from being the only factor by far, like there are all kinds of other factors involved with that. Again, before you send me the hate mail on that, I am well aware about how many other socioeconomic factors play into that, but I don't think that it's a coincidence. And I do think that it plays a role. Yes. And here's my closing thought, because I need to say this publicly. <laughs> if I ever have a baby shower, I, it's going to be at a bar. I just, if I don't even drink, (laughs) I can't, if I can't even drink, everybody else might have a good time. I'm not sitting, you're not going to pin stuff on me. I'm not wearing pink or blue and it's not going to be like girls only, which I have always thought is so bizarre. Like, let's just go to a bar and I'll watch everybody have a good time because I'm going to be miserable and (laughs) we might as well just eat wings and pizza over it instead of like, pin the tail on the donkey or whatever you're supposed to do or like word search. Oh my God, kill me. I can't. Okay. That's a different thought. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, of like the games, but to be totally honest, I don't know many people who are yet. Yet we keep doing this to ourselves. Like even the people I know who aren't really into the games, it's like, it's again, sort of this etiquette and sense of obligation. So we just keep perpetuating the cycle. And it's like, everyone's afraid to say that they don't like it. Well, Christina and I are raising our hands saying that we don't like it and we're going to be very unpopular for it. And it's fine. We've, we've accepted that. You're going to hear from me in 10 years. Like nobody came to my baby shower. I can't figure out why. (laughs) Even though it was in a bar with pizza and wings. (laughs) Well, this episode was fun. I can't wait to hear some of our feedback, although I'm kind of nervous, but I'm a little nervous too, but you know, yeah, well, it's fine. We'll, we'll accept it for what it is. And I'm not afraid to voice my opinion on this. (laughs) All right. Well, this was fun until next time. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.